Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Today we're going to pick up from where we stopped last time. Last week we began with a series on the life of Cornelius. We're looking at the life of Cornelius because one of the things that is admirable in his life is he's the one that God decided, the vessel God decided to use when he wanted to enter the Gentile wars. And I believe that he's someone that we do need to learn some things from. Last week we started by looking briefly at a quick rundown of the book of Acts. Uh, this is just a quick recap, a quick rundown of the book of Acts where we looked at all that Jesus did. And I asked his disciples to wait for him. We also looked at how the church grew. So one of the things was the fact that the church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines and the fact that there was grace upon them. We ran the test up from Acts chapter 1 up to chapter 9 where we looked at two miracles. The miracle of the healing of the paralyzed person and that of someone who was dead. And we said all of this happened because of the entrance of the word. And no matter the circumstances that we are facing, the word can alter situations. Another thing we learned last week was the fact that we should be approachable. Apostle Peter, the church sent for Apostle Peter and he came quickly and solved the problem. We also said that there is a particular reason for miracles. That the reason for miracles is that people may be pointed more to Jesus and it's not something about the self. And then after that, we began the story looking at the man Cornelius. The mention of his name started from Acts chapter 10. And the very first verse, which was where we could stop last week, talked about, first of all, Cornelius talked about his gender, the fact that he's a man, gave us his name, told us his race, he told us where he lived, and he also let us know what he did for a living. We said that God is concerned about us, God is concerned about the female, God is concerned about the male, he knows our particular gender problems we say that god is concerned about us that's why in scripture we see him taking the time to mention the name of people where they come from what they do just to let you know that this god that we're serving contrary to the delights of the enemy that says god doesn't know you god doesn't care god doesn't want to help you i have to tell you that god is passionate about you he does know where you live the bible says in the book of acts that he determines the times and places and so we went through acts chapter 10 verse 1 looking at the life of cornelius and if we go to verse 2 we are going to see that more has been said about the life of Cornelius, and that's where we are going to go to this evening and i'm going to read from a couple of translations just to get us to see the next part of the verses that we are unlocking today or unpacking today so acts chapter 10 verse 2 i'll give you the time to turn your bibles and if you've turned our Bibles, let's hear what it says. So we're looking first of all at what it says in the KJV version. It says, A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave many alms to the people, and he prayed to God always. So that's four things. One, Tornelis was a devout man. Two, he was one who feared God. Three, and he not just feared God by himself, he feared God with all of his house. Number three, the Bible says he gave many arms to the people. And four, he prayed to God 
always. He prayed to God always. And I think that's a lot to say about someone in the very short, in the very, in the most economical of verses, the Bible was on further to give us some further characteristics of Cornelius. Bible says here that he was a devout man. He was a devout man. What does it mean to be devout? He was a devout man. I will read some other translations so that we can actually get a, a hang of what it means to be devout. So some translations say he was a religious man, a religious man, was a pious, he was a godly man. And um, if you move on further, I'm looking at several translations so as to get one that will break down this word for us. Let's look at uh, J.B. Phillips. It says, there was a man in Caesarea, this is reading from verse 1, by the name of Cornelius, a centurion in what was called the Italian regiment. He was a deeply religious man who reverenced God, as did all his household. He made many charitable gifts to the poor and was a real man of prayer. About three o'clock, and that's getting too long, but let's just finish. About three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw perfectly in a dream an angel coming into him into his room, approaching him and saying, Cornelius, hallelujah. I love that. I love the fact that the Bible tells us here that he once again tells us that this man was a deeply religious man. He was a devout man, but he reverenced God. And the Bible says that was the same thing for his household. When we look at some other translations, we see that, um, but some of the older translations, um, they've put down um, as they put down it. Uh, they put down Cornelius saying that he was a devout man, a man who feared God. I know just only fear God. The Bible says that he did that with all his house, and I'm sure a lot of us can appreciate what that means in this day and age where we have big children, where we have children in their teenage years. The Bible says concerning um Cornelius, he doesn't tell us how old his children are, how many children he has. But the Bible makes us understand that he feared God with all of his might and feared God with all of his household. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from the translation, and that's the message translation. Let's just see what the message, how he puts it. It says in the message translation, there was a man named Cornelius, who lived in Caesarea, the captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people and in the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as well as his next door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius, that's a beautiful read. I think I'm just going to look also quickly. Let's see what the W version says. We're looking at the word devout. He says he was a good man. He and all the people of his house obeyed God. He gave many gifts to the poor. He always talked with God. Um, let's see also. Another translation to look at. Let's see the New Living Version and the NLV. Is that the NLV? Oh, sorry, the N. Yes, the NCV. The NCV version says that Cornelius was a religious man. He and all the other people who lived in his house worshipped the true God. He gave much of his money to the poor and prayed to God often. There's another version that I read that said that he was a man who had the habit of prayer. Hallelujah. He was a man who had the habit of prayer. I'm just trying to look for the different 
because I did write down and the good thing is sometimes when we go through several versions we see things from different angles we see things from different angles so i think one of the things we've established from this second verse is the fact that the bible tells us that this man cornelius um apart from telling us who he is telling us where he lives telling us his gender next set of things the bible tells us about him is that this man is a devout man so these are things that you know has a way of showing both on the inside and on the outside bible says he was devout the bible says he was a god-fearing man he was a man who gave to the poor and a man who always prayed a man who gave to the poor and a man who always prayed and let's begin to look at these different things about cornelius first of all the bible says that he was a devout man and one of the things i did was i looked at what the english meaning devout means and devout means to be totally committed to a cause or to a belief another um meaning of the word devout is to fear god sorry to be totally committed to a cause or to a belief that is what the bible means by being a, a man that is devout and i also want to check um the word devout is an old greek old greek word that is made from two words um, it's isube, which means well, and sebona, which means to worship. So when you look at the word devout, it means to worship well. And the Bible tells us here that when the Bible says that Cornelius was a devout man, the Bible is saying that Cornelius was a man who worshipped well. He was a devout man. He worshipped well. And I wonder if God is to look at the kind of worship we give if he would say that our worship is a well worship remember that this worship that god is seeking for us these days is not the worship like as it were it's not also about the things that people can see but the bible says in the book of john chapter 4 when god, jesus encountered the woman at the well jesus told the woman when the woman began to bring questions and talk about oh our forefathers worshiped here and there jesus said to her listen daughter what did he say to her i said listen the time is coming when the true worshippers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And that's the kind of worship that God is calling us to. The Bible says that Cornelius was a devout man. And then the next thing the Bible tells us about Cornelius is the fact that Cornelius feared God. And I love that because sometimes, you know, we, we might begin to, we, sometimes some people say, oh, they love God. Some people, when it comes to the fear of God, they, they have this fear of God that is the wrong fear of God. There's a, there's a kind of fear of God we should have. We should have a reverential fear of God. We should realize who he is. You know, we can never really tell and never really know fully who he is, but we should fear God. The Bible says that to fear God is one of the beginning of wisdom. And we see here that the man Cornelius, the Bible says that he feared God. You see, this man Cornelius is a Gentile. Some people say he was already converted to the faith. Some people think that he was a Jewish proselyte. But well, we, we see him as somebody who is a God seeker. The little light about God that he knew, he followed that light. And the Bible says that this man feared God. The third thing the Bible says about Cornelius was that he led all his household. He feared God along with his whole household. That's what some translation says and he did that with his household 
um, the CEP version says that he worshipped God and so did everyone else who lived in his house. So you see that Cornelius has a hold over his house. This man that God used was a man who had a hold over his house. I don't know, listening to me today, if you are a man and if you can say that you have a hold over your house. I'm not talking about being a tyrant in the house, but I'm talking about leading and having the seventh kind of leadership in the house. Because one of the things we see here about Cornelius is that Cornelius is a servant leader. The Bible, first of all, tells us that Cornelius worshipped God. He did these things, and so did everyone in his house. So that means, I mean, what that tells me is that he was the kind of person who was not just saying, do what I say. No, do what I do. What he was doing was what his household was doing. And that's why the Bible was able to say, listen, because of the kind of life that Cornelius did, the Bible tells us that his whole household followed him. His whole household, as it were, the people who lived in his house, they worshipped the true God with him. This devout man, this man that feared God, he did it with his whole household. I don't know if you remember when God decided to talk about Abraham, he said, can I hide these things from Abraham? seeing that he will command himself and his household to fear me. That is a criteria. That is something we see in the life of the man that God used when it came to bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. God looked for a man. He looked for somebody who was comfortable with his gender because Bible says he, he was a man. So yes, he was comfortable with his gender. Bible makes us understand that this was a man that had a place he could be identified. He lived in a certain place. He was a working man. He was a man who was a centurion and what that meant was that he was a captain of 100 and we talked about it last week that in out of that 100 basically what we have is a legion of 6,000 and then we have the men in groups of 600 so what the things about Cornelius also is a man who knew how to exercise authority but he was also a man under authority he was a captain all he had under him was a hundred men so this was a man who was subject to others although he looked after people he was also a man that was under authority and then we move from all of that paraphernalia. we move to this man's household this man's personal life and when the bible begins to talk about the personal life of this man the first thing the bible tells us is that he's a devout man and we've looked at the greek word they're telling us it means to worship and well from two words Cornelius worship well, and he did not only worship well, his example served as one for his household, and the Bible says his whole household also worshipped well with him. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I want us to look at some things again about Cornelius. The Bible says that his household worshipped with him, his household worshipped with him. Another translation says, we're looking at this Cornelius, he and everyone in his house were devout and respected God. We've talked about a man that fears God. He respected God. He and everyone in his house, he feared God and he respected God. And see, when we fear God, there are some certain things we will not do to man. See, the fear of God is not abstract as much as the love of God is also not abstract. I want us to, when it comes to dealing, when it comes to, it's not a matter of us saying, oh, I fear God or I love God. The Bible says that he that loves God, he that says that he loves God, that's the book of First John, and does not love his brother. Guess what the Bible says? 
Bible says that person is a liar. Why? How can you love God who you do not see and you cannot? How can you say you love God who you do not see and you do not love your brother whom you see? So the Bible says the next thing when the Bible tells us that Cornelius feared God. Guess what the Bible makes us understand about the love and the fear of God for Cornelius. Let's look at what the next part of the verse tells us. The Bible says he feared God. He worshipped God. He gave much of his money to the poor and he prayed to God always. The evidence, the things, there were things that followed Cornelius' fear of God. There were things that followed the fact that Cornelius worshipped God faithfully. There were things that followed it. And one of the things the Bible mentioned was that he gave much alms to the people. He, he was doing many charitable deeds. You could call Cornelius, you could find out. He gave alms generally. He gave gifts to the poor. He gave gifts to the poor. The Bible says even qualifies the poor Jewish people and he prayed to God constantly. He prayed to God continually. We see two things in the life of Cornelius here. What makes us understand that he gave gifts to the poor and he prayed to God often. When he gave peace to the poor, he prayed to God regularly. Some translation says he prayed to God constantly. He constantly prayed to God. He constantly prayed to God. He gave generously and he practiced. I love that. That's in the voice. The voice translation says Cornelius was an outsider, but he was a devout man, a God-fearing fellow with a God-fearing family. He consistently, hallelujah, and generously gave to the poor and he practiced constant prayer to God. He consistently and generously gave to the poor and he practiced constant prayer to God. This man that loved God, this man that feared God, this man that worshipped God well, the Bible says that he gave to the poor. And that's something sometimes we tend to neglect. I tell you, God is concerned about how we treat the poor. The poor could be the poor. I mean, here we can see that we're talking about the poor. What Cornelius did was giving to the poor physically. He could see that these ones did not have. And do you know that we have around us poor people? We have around us poor people. And there's a certain degree of poverty that God wants us to have. And it's a poverty of the spirit. It's a poverty of the spirit that causes one to lean on God. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit for their ease. You know, they, 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 they shall see God. Those what? Uh, those who are poor in spirit, God talks about them. Let, let's go there. Let's just see what the Bible talks about being poor in the spirit. In the Beatitudes that Jesus said, Blessed in the book of Matthew, 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Cornelius, we could look at Cornelius also that although he was ministering to those who were poor physically, he was poor in the spirit and the kingdom of God came to him. God made a way. God showed him the way as we would see in the next verses. The Bible says that this devout man, he gave to the poor. This devout man was concerned about the poor. I think one of the things I love about Cornelius is the fact that Cornelius shows us the power of one. He shows us the power of one. This is one man. The voice translation tells us that he was an outsider. But he was not afraid to influence his family. Although he was an outsider, he influenced his family and God used him to bring the gospel even to the Gentiles, to break that prejudice that the Jews had. Because the Jews thought that the gospel was just only for them. But God showed that God broke barriers. And he broke the barrier using the life of Cornelius. So we've seen something here about the life of Cornelius. Guess what? The Bible says that he was a God-fearing man. He gave to the poor. And the Bible says, the next thing the Bible says is that Cornelius was a man 
who prayed regularly before God. Cornelius was a man who had a constant habit of prayer. And I tell you, that thing about Cornelius' life is really, really, really challenging. It, it's really it's really a challenge, you know, to know that this person, when he did it, he didn't even have the gospel. But the Bible says that constantly he prayed to God. He had a habit of prayer. Cornelius, from what we can see, he was not just a man who came to God whenever he had trouble. He was not using God as a fire brigade approach. He was not using God as a Santa Claus. He had a relationship with God. He could go and meet God. He had a place of prayer. He had a time of prayer. He was there praying to God. And the Bible makes us understand as we go on in the next few verses that just that place where he was praying to God, that was where he was met. The Bible says that he had a regular habit of prayer. Do we have a regular habit of prayer? Is there a place where God can say we can be seen every day? Is there a time and a place for us for prayer i know that we can say oh yes i pray i can just pray i keep continuously praying throughout the day and all of that we need to have a place we need to have a time for prayer and it could just be in our closet it could just be perhaps it could actually be in our car it depends sometimes our time our place of prayer our length of prayer may change based on circumstances or you have little children things have changed you know Things change and life happens, but we need to keep that constancy of prayer. We need to be men and women of prayer. We need to communicate with God. The Bible says that Cornelius constantly prayed to God. Cornelius constantly prayed to God. And we love that about the life of Cornelius. Let's just go to some further verses also just to see what the Bible says about this man. We said that he always talked with God. He spoke to God regularly. And if you look at the life of Cornelius, we already see as it were, there are two things or so that Cornelius does that the Bible talks about in when. The Bible tells us when we pray. The Bible tells us that when we give to the poor and when we fast. And I believe that these are things that we can see in the life of Cornelius. This was a man who was observing things. He was working with the little light that he knew. I know sometimes we want to see all of the picture before we take the first step. But the life of Cornelius shows us that we don't have to know all to take the first step. The life of Cornelius tells us that we can take the little steps with the light that we are seeing. I don't know how your work with God has been, but for me, my work with God has been one step at a time. Many times I like to know all of what's going to happen. But no, if we know all that is going to happen, then we will not walk by faith. And the Bible has called us believers, has called us Christians because we walk by faith. I think we're going to stop at today's verse here for what we've packed because I'm looking at our time. Today again, we've moved on to verse 2, looking at the life of Cornelius. We looked at the life of Cornelius. Okay, I've looked at the time. I think we still have some time. Let's see if we can go to the next verse so we can do some more today. So let's go to the next verse. We're going to Acts chapter 10 verse 3 and I hope that we are looking at our Bibles. The Bible says that he saw a vision clearly about the ninth hour of the day. An angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius, hallelujah, hallelujah. The ninth hour of the day, that's 3 p.m. That's the time of prayer. I believe that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I believe that Cornelius was following what he had seen the Jews around him do. He was, And he had seen that that was a time for prayer. And because he had seen that that was a time for prayer, he, uh, he, he used it as his time for prayer. And sometimes, child of God, you know, it might be easier for us to get into the habit of prayer. Perhaps we could start with joining a prayer that several other people do. That could help us 
us in our private life. And, and, and Colas might just be doing that. But we see that he had his own personal time of prayer. And that's one of the things we're going to do. If we're going to move further with God, if we're going to do anything great for God, we need to have a time of prayer. We need to have the time of prayer. And don't start trying to say you want to pray for one hour. Don't start trying to say you want to pray for six hours. And don't get intimidated where you hear people say, I pray eight hours a day and all of that. The most important thing is to have a time, a communion with God. It's better for you to pray 10, 20 minutes a day and keep it constantly than trying to pray eight hours one day. Usually it did even work because our prayers actually build up from time to time to time. And before you know, you might start with five or 10 minutes. Before you know, it goes to 20, 30, 40, one hour. And it's not a place for us to begin to cause cause because the important thing about prayer is making sure that we are communicating with God. And because Cornelius was always communicating with God, because God could always be sure that Cornelius would be at his post of prayer, that was why God arranged and an angel came to him at that time. And guess what the angel said? The angel said, Cornelius. I love that. I love when I hear my name being called. I don't love to be called any name that is not my name. And we do that. When we hear our names, we turn. We call, instantly turn because we believe, oh, that's our name. We want to listen. We want to hear. Guess what? That's what we see in the life of Cornelius. He was not called a certain man this time around. Right where God met him in the place of prayer, an angel came. It was a vision and an angel said to him, Cornelius. An angel said to him, Cornelius. The angel said to him, Cornelius. I, I think there's a version that says that the angel stood to him like a neighbor. Yet that's the message. It says an angel of God, as well as his next door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius while he was praying. Things happen in the place of prayer. So don't be discouraged, child of God. Continue in the place of prayer. Things happen in the place of prayer. So don't be discouraged, child of God. Continue in the place of prayer. Continue because in the place of prayer, there will be alterations in our life. In the place of prayer, if we do take time to listen, we would hear God speaking to us. And I tell you, it's not going to be this, um, like we can see here in Connect time. Yes, he saw somebody appearing to him, but it's not going to, it's not always going to be a voice sometimes just right in our heart we would have a suggestion that's the spirit of god speaking to us as many of us that are born of him what makes us understand that we have the spirit of god this is where we'll draw the curtain for today today we have gone further to look at the life of Cornelius. remember this is a man that we are studying his life because we want to see what is it about him that made him the candidate when it came to the time for god to reveal you know, the gospel to the Gentiles. And we started from last week when we looked at this man, Cornelius. We looked at several other things in the book of Acts before we looked at the man, Cornelius. We found out that this man, Cornelius, was someone who was identified as a man, so he was happy with his gender. We said that this was a man who lived uh, in Caesarea, so he had a place, he had a certain location, and the Bible also says he was a centurion. So this was a man who controlled authority but it was under authority and then today we've gone for that we say it was a man who was working god always uses people who are doing something today we've gone further in the life of Cornelius. one of the things we've seen some of the things we've seen in the life of Cornelius is the fact from verse 2 that he was a devout man we've seen what that word means we've also looked at the greek words 
that says, talks about devout. We say he was a man who exercised the power of war. He was able to influence his household. He was a servant leader. He was not just saying, oh, make sure you people are worshiping God. No, he was doing what he wanted his household to do. He was a devout man. He worshiped God. He feared God. He was a God-fearing man. And because of what Cornelius had, because of the relationship of Cornelius with God, guess what? His relationship with man changed. And we said this was a man who gave arms to the poor. He considered the people beneath him. And that shows the true test of character. The way we treat the people who can't do anything for us, that is who we really are. And those are the things that God looks at. The downtrodden, the people who cannot do anything for us. Because sometimes we may be nice to those who are hoping to get something from. But guess what? Our niceness is going to be measured by how we treat those that we're not going to get anything for. Those that seemingly might never have anything to offer. How do we treat them? The man Cornelius who we are Looking at his life was someone who treated those people with respect. He gave generously when he was giving. He didn't give anyhow. He gave generously to the poor. And these were some of the things that God wants us to do. And finally, one of the things we saw about the life of Canelos was, was this was a man who had a habit of prayer. This was a man that had a time of prayer. At the ninth hour, he was praying. This was an hour observed by the Jewish people as a place and a time of prayer. And Canelos was praying. Guess what? He was praying in his house. He was praying in the closet. He was talking to God. He was developing himself in the secret place. And guess what? Because of what he did in the secret place, God was able to answer him openly. And we're just believing and trusting. As we look at the life of Carlos, we see something about him. Constancy. Constancy. There's consistency in his life. He's committed to the things that he's put his hand into. He's committed to the things that he's put his hand into. And, and that leaves us to begin to check ourselves today. How committed are we to the things that we've put our hands to? How committed are we to the place of prayer? How committed are we to helping the poor, to furthering the gospel, to helping the cause of God's work? How committed are we to leading our household to serve the Lord? As a man, are we leading our household to serve the Lord? Are we leading by example? Are we servant leaders the way that Cornelius is? And that's where we're going to stop and just let's pray this this time. Father, we thank you for the life of Cornelius. We thank you for the things that you're showing us in his life. Lord, we pray that the places where we've come short, that your spirit will help us, Father, even to come up here so that our lives will praise you, so that our lives will give you glory, so that our lives can be used as channels and instruments of blessings to others. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.